Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, T-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR Network at, you guessed it, the MTR Network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. Get your podcasts for free 99 the last truly audio podcast in the world. Maybe that'll change soon. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Uh, so I hope you all enjoyed the main show this week. Had a lot of fun talking to Cam about all number of things, including is Texas indeed back. We're going to be doing this kind of midweek. That's the hope is to drop this on Thursdays with the picks for the week. That's right. Doing the pick thing again. But also get to talk about some topics maybe I didn't get to or wanted to expound upon on the main show. Um, before I even did the Juju podcast with those guys over there. I had a sports blog, like the end of college, beginning of my degenerate 20s. And one of the things I used to do was called mid-range jumpers. And I would just kind of get things off my chest. And this is going to be the equivalent of that. Um, Right now, I want to talk about something that happens a lot that I don't like. It happened with the platoon of black quarterbacks at Bama. It happened with Cam Newton. And it's about to happen with Deion Sanders. And what that means is that someone who I'm not inclined to like, let's just use, let's, let's, let's stick with Dion. Let's stick with Cam Newton first. Cam Newton went to Westlake high school, a a high school. that's not my high school in Atlanta. Shouldn't like him. He then went to Florida. Shouldn't like him. He then went to Auburn. Shouldn't like him. He then played for the Panthers. When my favorite team was the Falcons. Then he gets kind of shuttled around and he ends up playing for the Patriots who everyone hates. I'm not allowed to say anything bad about Cam Newton ever because he makes the right kind of people insanely upset. And so you put me in this place where I don't like Cameron Newton, but I have to defend him in public. It happened with every black quarterback at Bama. I would watch when things didn't go perfect. The right people were the right amount of upset. So I couldn't really invest myself in any sort of takedown of that character. And Deion Sanders, I've been very clear how I feel about Deion Sanders. The BS Sycamore, that that high school, that prep academy thing, that documentary everyone's sick at, Dion was the blueprints. Go look up his schools. Go look up Prime Prep. It went very poorly for the children. But now, and I want to get this man's name right because it's the only time you'll ever hear it, Jay Norvell, head coach at Colorado State University, was on a podcast this week. First of all, why are your coaches doing podcasts? Jay Norvell, why are you trying to out social media, Dion? All right. He said on the podcast, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and glasses off because that's how I was taught. Jay, if that's how adults behave, why are you acting so childish? Why is your opinion about another man's sartorial decisions even noted. How is what he's doing sartorially harming you, Jay? Do you want to wear glasses, Jay? Do you want to wear hats, Jay? Jay, I'm I'm releasing you from the bonds of your mother yelling at you as a child. Do what you want. You're a grown-ass man. You're the head coach of Colorado State football. I know what you're thinking, Jay. Jay, this is a flat, uh, a stepping stone. I'll be somewhere next. Because before you, there was a guy who used to coach here by the name of Michael Bobo. Michael Bobo found himself on a national championship staff last year. And then when that staff got shuffled, found himself as the offensive coordinator for the greatest team in college football, the University of Georgia Bulldogs. Maybe you think this is your way to come up, Jay Norvell. Break it to you, Jay. You done fucked up now. 
take Colorado. Whatever the points are, whatever the score might be, whatever they're talking about, maybe, whatever it is, take the number. Hell, take the over-under. Over-under is at 60 and a half. I don't know if the Rams hold their end of the bargain, but I know Prime's going to try to score 60 on you. His son's going to try to score 60 on you. The line's 23. Mind you, this is a game that's coming on 10 p.m. Eastern that has both Get Up going there this week, it has College Game Day, and it's got Big Noon Saturday. Jay Norvell, you got the most eyes on you ever, and you decide to be a hater. Take the over for the points. Take the over for Black Uncle Star Power on the sidelines. I saw people talking about this week. Oh, look at all this rap royalty. The Wu-Tang Clan. My God, look, it's Michael Irvin. They've got Miami's playing A&M, and he's in Boulder. I'm going to break something down for everyone who's reporting on this and everyone who's smiling and nodding right now. You are old. The children do not give a fuck about the Wu-Tang Clan. I give a fuck because I'm not a child. That's cool to me because I'm an uncle. I'm uncle age. I don't have leather sandals, but I'm close. And that's cool to us. But don't think these kids are moved by seeing the Wu-Tang Clan out there. That, that doesn't land the way it would for us. I don't need you, everyone to understand that. I'm not speaking ill of the Wu. I would, not, I would never. And it's interesting because, like, these kids don't know the Wu-Tang Clan, but even if he wasn't the coach at Colorado, they'd all know Deion Sanders. It's the wildest thing. It's the separation, I think, between the arts and the sports. Like, the arts, like, you build on what came before, but you never acknowledge it. Like, when people are, like, sampling old soul songs, um, shout out to Kanye West. It was since he started it. And slowing them down and making them into, like, hip-hop beats. Like, there was never, like, oh, I, like, you see it in an interview sometime, but it was never, oh, this guy studied this to become this and gets to talk about it. But with football, with sports, because so much is directly built on what came before and because you can see the progress and the evolution of athletes before you, it's easier to pull back and say, oh, here's how he took the steps to get here. Here's how he wound up at X, Y, and Z. Here's how uh, 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 you're able to play these things in certain ways because you've watched these men do it and you're evolving the craft and acknowledging the evolution. Music is just like, I don't know where this beat came from, but it's beautiful. Uh, one of the things we're going to do here on the Thursday night, Thursday day picks, I don't know how it's going to work. We're going to do the SEC spread for the weekends. We're going to take a look at the games and see what's going on. Week three, now a bunch of great matchups. LSU's going to Mississippi State. They kick at noon. It's a 10-point uh, advantage, LSU. I say take those points. Mississippi State is not a very good football team, and LSU looks ungreat against FSU, but I think this is a, a get-right game. Brian Kelly likes to stamp these things. Uh, K-State, five-and-a-half-point Favorites at Mizzou, take K-State. I don't know. It's just Mizzou. Ugh, why? I can't believe in the, the SEC. Uh, South Carolina is going to Georgia, 26 and a half points. At a certain point, the offense has to, like, really kickstart. Like, I've watched every second of these two first two blowouts. I watched the defense give up scores late. It didn't matter. And I watched my baby look at me confused as to why is daddy mad. Um... I hope that the start of the SEC schedules where Mike Bobo and company kind of find that rhythm, find that groove, and kind of step on someone's neck because say what you will about the strength of schedule and where you think Georgia's going to end up and postseason's almost a certainty. If you're not ready to be thrown in that fire, you end up like TCU and getting torched by people. I mean, not historically torched because there's a talent level this, this, uh, 
disparity, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be ready for some fire, and some. And South Carolina's not going to bring that fire. Uh, Spencer Rattler is going to give you that unique look of mobile quarterback who's got that live arm who's maybe a psychopath. So that's going to be fun and kind of dangerous for the defense to adjust to. But they kick off at 3.30. I think this game's over by 4.30 because, as we've seen already, that South Carolina front can't stop anything, and this defensive front for Georgia isn't anything. It's a lot of things, and it's a problem. Uh, the over-under on this one's 55. I would say take the – I don't know. It's a great line. It's a great number. 26 and a half, though. I'm taking Georgia and the points. Um, Alabama, 30 negative. He's <laughs> got 32 points to get to South Florida. They're going to South Florida. They're going to Tampa. 330 kick, ABC. Take Bama and the points. But last week, you said, yeah, he hates this team, but his hate has been just demonstrated this past week of practice. Like, someone's going to pay for the week these kids had, and it's going to be South Florida. Uh, UL Monroe at Texas A&M, minus 32. Do not take the 32 points. I, I don't know a lot. I do know you can't trust this coaching staff, this team, in that many points. Don't do it. Don't even dream of it. Um, we'll go back to my game of the week for the SEC this week. Uh, Sanford and Auburn's no line. Take Auburn, I guess. Uh, Kentucky uh, hosting Akron, 25-point favorites. Don't bet on this game. You're betting on, you're betting on Kentucky scoring 26 points and Akron scoring zero. Like, that's what you're betting on. Don't do that. Uh, BYU going to Arkansas, uh, 10-point favorites for Arkansas. I guess take take Arkansas there. Georgia Tech going to Ole Miss, minus 20 for Ole Miss. That's an interesting game, if only because, like, I've seen people tell me that Tech had something, and then I watched them fall apart. So I guess take Ole Miss. It's it's a night game in Oxford. It's Lane Kiffin, probably good and sauced up. He'll score a bunch of points. Uh, Vanderbilt UNLV, who don't gamble, seek help. Uh, and Tennessee, Florida. So, this is traditionally a rivalry. It's traditionally a game that goes back and forth. Tennessee should beat the doors off of Florida. The seven-point favorites. This Florida team is not very good based on what we saw against Utah. Um, but then again, rivalry games, things get crazy. I'm taking Tennessee if I'm taking uh, a team here. I just don't love it. Now we're talking about the NFL. We talked about some of the games last week, but I'll be able to give kind of ideas on these teams and who they are and who they're going to be as we go through the lines for this week. Tonight, 8-15 kick. The Minnesota Vikings visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are favored by six. Give me the Eagles. I think that both these teams underwhelmed in week one, but the Eagles still got a win out of it. And I think that that does a lot. Uh, the confidence in bringing back so much of the unit from last year, especially offensively, is going to allow them to fall into place better and faster. And, yeah, it's like the Eagles over uh, primetime Kirk Cousins. Uh, Sunday Sunday games, Packers visiting the Falcons. One point here for the Falcons. Take the Packers. Um, take the Packers. I don't trust this Falcons team. I think Desmond Ritter um, looked fine last week, but the, the star is going to be Bijan. It's going to be that running game. And Jordan Love is, a, once again, my favorite advertisement before. Maybe don't play these kids right away. Everyone's like, look at all these rookie quarterbacks. I'm like, Maybe you let him sit behind someone great because I don't know how good Jordan Love's going to be ultimately. No one does. Anyone who does is a liar. Says they does is a liar. However, he looked very composed. He never looked out of place on Sunday. And that's a lot you can say for a very first, like, not spot star, but a very first true start where you're entrenched in that role. You know who won't look that way? The next time you see Zach Wilson, he will not look the same. Uh, Buffalo Bills hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Eight and a half point favorites for the Bills. I'd say take the Bills here. Um, that Raiders defense is pretty good. The thing I, I'm worried about here is 
I was very right about Josh Allen. I told everyone he was inaccurate, he was dangerous, and he had a little bit too much of the uh, old gunslinger in him. Then, for the last two years, I was wrong. They got Brian Dable paid. He inadvertently got Daniel Jones paid, which is very funny. But yeah, for two years, he kind of reeled that shit in. He wasn't throwing across his body to fullbacks anymore. And then Monday happens, and he four turnovers in four quarters. And you look back to like a sample size of about 18 games, and he turned the ball over 35 times in those 18 games. He's a team's second leading rusher from last year. And I was told by AppleCare that if your quarterback was a runner, there was a ceiling on how far you could go. See Lamar Jackson. But Josh Allen, I'm told, is the up-and-coming star of the league. Something's wrong in Buffalo. If it's play calling, if it's structure, if it's the way the team's built, I don't know. You should be getting more out of James Cook. And you shouldn't have four turnovers out of your Look at me, I'm an MVP quarterback. Shouldn't be happening. Uh, also at 1 p.m., the Bengals are hosting the Ravens. Lines negative, uh, lines three-point favorites for the Bengals. I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. I don't know what the Bengals are. I don't think they're 82 yards of offense passing. Um, just, just I don't think that's who they are. But at the same time, the Ravens struggled a little bit early. They lost J.K. Dobbins, huge part of the running games. But this is a team that's built for adversity that's had to weather injuries the last few years. So we'll have to see how they come out swinging. It's going to be a game to watch for the early slate. Uh, Seattle versus Detroit. I'm all on Dan Campbell. Uh, I'm on. I'm on. I'm sorry. Uh, the Geno thing was adorable last year. It may not be happening this year. Four and a half point favorites. Give me the Lions. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers have no fans, but they're also going to be much better than the Tennessee Titans, who aren't very good at football. They're th- three point favorites. Take the Chargers there. Which one of y'all at Baker Mayfield back in this league? Like, fine, like the Bucks, like, whatever. I don't care about, like, I don't have a rooting interest anymore, so it's not like it's hurting me to tell you that I think Josh probably should just kill this monster that's in Tampa Bay because they built a team around Tom that was competitive, and while Baker Mayfield's nobody's Tom Brady, competence will carry them a long fucking way. My assertion remains that Baker Mayfield's incompetent. Prove me right, Bears. They're two-and-a-half-point uh, favorites over the Bears. Give me the Bears. Give me the Bears. Let's see what happens. Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City team is not going 0-2. Um, Three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are very good. But I'm taking the Chiefs and taking the points. Kadarius Tony, figure it out. Shout-out to Chris Jones for getting paid. Uh, Colts-Texans. Texans favored by one? <laughs> Give me the Colts because it's more fun. Andy Richardson is... Everything he's further proof that before the coaching staff stinks. Stinks. They put him in position to fail and he failed. And lo and behold, he's in position to just not screw up. And look at what we got in Indianapolis now. Something of actual interest. Afternoon games now kicking off uh with the Niners going to the Rams. Seven and a half point favorites for the Niners. Give me the Niners. That's the best team in football. That's I don't know what you're gonna do with the Purdy thing, because that is smoking fucking mirrors and like further proof that Kyle is an idiot. But that team. Oh, buddy, that's a pro- that's a fucking problem. The Giants, I'm so glad I got to be right so quickly. All offseason, I was like, wait, why are they talk? Why are they paying Daniel Jones? People like, oh, he's the future. You gotta lock up the future. And I looked at the numbers: 15 touchdowns last season through the air. Excuse me. I get it. It's it's a quarterback-driven league. You got something you like. You want to want to it. I understand that intellectually. 
Daniel Jones can't be that thing you love. Daniel Jones cannot be the thing you love. The Cardinals are trying to lose this season, and I'm not sure that the Giants are going to cover the four and a half. I have negative faith in the Giants because whatever you say about the Cardinals, I'm pretty sure that everyone on that field is professional. I cannot say that about the Giants. Uh, speaking of not professional people on the team, the Cowboys must – I don't know. Jerry has got his finger on the uh, the scale here. They're taking on the New York football Jets, who you may have heard lost their quarterback for the season. And I know someone's saying, they didn't lose their quarterback. They've got Zach Wilson. And I tell you, that person must be related to Zach Wilson because that motherfucker is terrible. This defense is hungry. They are mean. Uh, when they know you're coming in there, all you can do is run. And then they're going to get up on you. And then you're going to have to throw. It's going to get really ugly really fast. They cover the nine points in Dallas. Uh, Denver hosting the Commanders. I may not, I'll never be a Falcons fan again, ever, ever. I will never cheer for the dirty, like, it's fine. It's the thing that's in my past. That being said, I will always hate the Saints, and I will always hate Sean Payton. And that's why I feel great telling you to take the Washington Commanders three and a half points there. Take them. Fuck Sean Payton. And fuck Russell Wilson. Take the three and a half. Enjoy it. Enjoy those points. Monday, Sunday night game, excuse me, the Dolphins and the Patriots in luck. If you know me in real life and you've seen me this summer, God bless you because I was out in the world trying to soak up outside before I had a child. And we talked about football. I told everyone who would listen to me, I'm, this is the Dolphins' year. The defense is good. It's fine. I think it's better than we saw last week. Chargers offense is something to deal with. However, this offense has the ability to be legendary. This is going to be the real first test of this scheme. Because last year, when Tua was healthy, this was the most productive passing attack in the NFL, bar none. Don't even argue about it. They're going up against him, Bill Belichick, the man who was designed to stop your passing attack. And the answer is going to be, can one Mike McDaniel out-scheme Belichick, which is going to be a great chess match to watch. Or two, if you take away the pass, what's up with the routine moster? Because I do think they've got a good dangerous running attack. I do think also this could be the game that drives them to make a move for Jonathan Taylor. So we'll have to see how this turns out for, for Miami. The Patriots, I think they're better than last year because the quarterback play is going to be so much better. I think the offensive coordinator is going to be a huge, huge, huge step up for them. But I think just you're going to start 0-2. It's wild that they came in here thinking they'd be the last team in the division behind the Bills, Dolphins, and the Jets. And with the what happened with uh, the Jets – Patriots say, oh, maybe we're third in the division. And then you see this regression from uh, Josh, and you're like, maybe we could be second in the division. But I do believe this division belongs to the Miami Dolphins. Monday night, we got the doubleheader. Hate this. Hate it. Hate doubleheaders. Hate these first two teams, the Saints and the Panthers. I do not care. I guess for gambling purposes, the Saints are favored by three and a half. Um, or three, excuse me, three flat. For those who don't gamble, like the home team generally gets three points. So the fact that I guess take the fucking Saints. If you don't bet it, well, don't let the Saints win you money. But if you want to win money, take the Saints. And then the Browns with their surprising domination over the Bengals and the Steelers with, oh, buddy, who booked this? Goodness gracious, I'll be watching Raw on Monday. Um, I guess take the Browns because that defense is horrifying, and I'm not sure Kenny Pickett's any good at football. I know the Nasty Man was bad last week, but they paid him all that money, and they're going to give him chances. So and I think that the Pittsburgh defense will punish them as hard as the Cleveland defense will punish the Steelers offense. That was your midweek whatever, your Thursday whatever. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the weekends. Thank God we have football. We'll be back 
uh, with the main show on Monday morning. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next week.